Well, good morning, everyone. I think I should try that again. Good morning, everyone. Much better, much better, much better. Hey, it's warm outside. This is when you should be glad you're a Minnesotan, right? It's nice out. The sun is shining. And uh, love it when spring is in the air and uh, excitement's on each face. It's also an exciting day here at Emmanuel because we are going to have water baptisms in this service. And uh, it's an exciting moment. And uh, I want to say a special hello to those of you that are guests and you're here to watch a family member or a friend go follow the Lord in, in baptism and you're here to support them, I just want to give you a personal welcome. We're so glad that you could come. I want to invite you to come back if you want to. You're welcome to be a part of Emmanuel at any point in the journey that you feel like you'd like to come here. And uh, we're so excited because there's some really cool stories that are going to come at the end of my message. I'm going to preach for a few minutes out of the Word and then, uh, and then we're going to we're going to watch the real stories, the, the vivid, living, new, this day and age story, what God is doing in the lives of people. And I just, uh, I'm so fired up about it. I just want a priest to set it up to get to that point. So you believe in Jesus, now what? Part three. In, uh, in the storyline of what we've been talking about is, is that following Jesus is not just as much as saying, I believe you and it's over. But it's actually a journey of following Jesus and being able to believe in him and then have a story after the initial step of faith. And uh, of course, that's not just for those that just come to faith in Jesus, but that's also for people that over the next number of decades in their life, Jesus is not done writing a story through their life. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, hey, God's not done with you yet. <laughs> He's just not done with you. The title of today is Follow the Leader, Follow the Leader. Uh, you know, in this modern era, there are, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on, on training and development to become good leaders and managers. Uh, in almost every context of life, there's business books and, and uh, 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 TED Talks. How many of you have ever seen a TED Talk? Or, or uh, you know, information about how to improve your relationships or or perhaps seminars that you might have gone through for a marriage seminar or for parenting. Um, over the years, there's been a lot of fads that have kind of come and gone, uh, uh, diets that have come and gone. I remember a time when it seemed like every one of my friends was on the Atkins diet. You guys remember the Atkins diet? And uh, eat as much uh, uh, meat as you want, and who cares if there's a little fat thrown in there as long as it's not carbs. And uh, and uh, everybody did that, and it seemed like they're getting smaller. But as soon as they stopped doing that diet, it was like whew, they were like double size, you know. And uh, so some of the some of the kind of fads that have kind of entered our our discourse and our culture that have led us are temporary. They've kind of meant uh, they've helped us for a moment, but then kind of we get over it. It's like a a phase. It's kind of like. Uh, uh, parachute pants or uh, leg warmers or, uh, you know, different fads in, in, in time. And when it comes to Jesus and following Jesus, Jesus is not a fad. In other words, he's there for every season of your life. And when it comes to following him, he has beckoned us to follow him, not just a strategy. We are to follow him as a person. 
And for 2,000 years, people have heard about the story of Jesus. They've believed in him. They followed him. And before he ascended into heaven, he left very specific instructions for everyone that was going to follow him. In Matthew 28, 19, this was his instructions to those that would follow him. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How many are thankful for the fact Jesus is with you all the way to the end? Amen. Now he says to go and tell people to believe and make them disciples or teach them to be disciples. In other words, teach them to follow him. But he says baptizing them. Baptizing was a part of Jesus' command for his disciples to proclaim to everyone that would follow him. And the coolest thing about Jesus telling them to, to do that is Jesus is the type of leader who goes first. How many of you like to follow a leader that will do it first? That they're not just telling you what to do, but they'll step in first. Well, Jesus actually stepped in first. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 3 with me, and you will see the story of when Jesus chose himself to be baptized. Now, the cool part of this story is Jesus, who's the Son of God, has told his disciples and his followers to be baptized, but he himself actually did this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, it says this, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water, and the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, the cool part of this whole story is Jesus shows us what we're to do. Now, Jesus didn't have to be baptized because he didn't have any sin in his life. But he chose to be baptized to fulfill the scriptures of what the Messiah would do. And so he knew that he needed to do this as a part of his process and obeying his father and what, he was, uh, what his father intended for him to do. And so Jesus goes into the Jordan River. Now, people have been baptized over the many hundreds and, and now 2,000 years since Jesus was on the earth. And they've been baptized in rivers and lakes and bathtubs. <laughs> they've been baptized in, in odd places, baptismal tanks and churches all over the place. It's not the tank or the place that makes it special. It's the step into the water, and water is really important. See, water is a symbol in the scripture that actually has meaning behind it. If you were to go into Genesis chapter one, it says there that, in, that the, the, the earth was formless and it was void, and it, right in that place, at the very beginning of time, you see the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the what? the water. And, and right there, you see nothing, formlessness, water that's just there. 
but the spirit of the Lord was near and the spirit of the Lord was a creative spirit. And, and this should give us hope, by the way, because if you're here today, you got a past. And I know we all got a past, right? But we look at ourselves and we go, I've already messed it up. I've already done some things wrong. I don't know if I'm good enough. And we got all the arguments for why we are not a candidate to be used of God or to have a special future with him. Right there, you can go back to Genesis chapter one. You can see the spirit of the Lord likes to hover over formless, empty, nothing stuff. And he creates something out of nothing. And he's a creative spirit. So water is an important value. You go into through the rest of the Old Testament and you'll see that water was used in ceremonial cleansing. It was a part of the practice of worship. Water is a cleansing agent. You go into John chapter three and you'll see Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the middle of the night and he talks to him and, and Jesus says that you, you, you've got to be born again of the spirit and water. You've got you to have that sense of water and, and change in the, 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 the cleansing aspect of it. And when it comes to the, the cleaning of the hands and worship and the creative spirit of the ho hovering over the waters, Jesus didn't need to be clean, but he showed us how we need to be. And so he walks through into the, bap into the river to be baptized. And he was obedient. Everybody said obedient. He was obedient to the Father. And that was a constant theme of Jesus' life. He would say statements like, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And he would follow what the Father had told him to do. And he goes down into the water. He goes under the water because it says he came up out of the water there in Matthew. And the cool thing is that the Spirit of the Lord, it says, descended like a dove and settled on him. And there the Spirit is, right there in that moment, and the Spirit settles on him. And there's a, a whole lot of symbolism if you look at the Old Testament when the Spirit would come and move with prophets in the Old Testament. The Spirit would come for a moment and they would prophesy and then the Spirit would lift. But with Jesus, the Spirit came, and it says in John, in his account of this of baptism, that the Spirit came and it remained on him. It stayed with him. And the difference is that with Jesus, the Spirit stayed with him. I'm very glad that the Holy Spirit stays with us. There's not just a one-time moment just when you got saved or when you were feeling good. But even at your worst, you need the Holy Spirit to lift you up. So there he is, he comes up, and then the voice of the Father approves of him. And he says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. I want you to hear this promise here, that the Father's favor rests on anyone who is obedient to him. The Father's favor rests on anyone who is obedient to him. I'm not saying that he doesn't love people, but his favor goes towards those who will say, yes, I will obey you. And then Jesus doesn't just get baptized himself. He turns and he calls everyone that follows him to do the same thing. In Mark 6, 16, whoever believes and is baptized, Jesus said, will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. John 3, 5, Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Matthew 28, 19, I read this earlier. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus tells them they're going to talk about baptism. And then after Jesus ascends, 
the disciples turn around and they share the gospel of Jesus, which is belief and baptism. In Acts 2.38, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost to talk to the crowd, he says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it became a part of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Baptism is a part of the story of the journey that believers are to have. And baptism is cleansing, yes, but it's also identifying with Jesus. It's a proclamation about what you're doing and identifying with Jesus. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Praise the Lord. You know what he's saying? What he's saying with baptism? We've got a baptismal tank up here. It's the first time we're doing it on the platform. I'm excited about it today. And uh, we got a baptismal tank. And... Uh, it's not any more holy or anything than the one we have that was up there, okay? But when a person goes down and they follow Jesus, they go down into the water. When they go down, it symbolizes that we're identifying with Jesus in his death. We're going down. And how many are thankful that Jesus' death has freed you from sin? He has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Snatched the keys, okay? But then it's coming up alive and identifying with Jesus in his resurrection. And so there's an actual physical act that, that says, this is what I'm doing. I'm identifying with Jesus. And it's a launch or a beginning point, a public statement that there's no turning back. That I'm all in, that it's mission on, that we're going to follow through to the mission of the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm following Jesus. And uh, it's a co-mission. Co mean a prefix that means with. Co-mission is mission with or together. It's the ability to say, I'm going on a long haul journey with Jesus. This isn't just a, a momentary fad. I'm actually going to stay with Jesus throughout my life. Just yesterday, Jody and I celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. And uh, I love you, Jody. Yeah. And uh, we were we went out to dinner last night and went shopping, and we just spent time together talking. And as we were talking, we were reminiscing about our wedding all those years ago. And of course, there was relationship before the wedding, where we fell in love. And how many know love doesn't necessarily make sense sometimes? But we fell in love and then we went into the engagement process and prepared for a wedding and started talking about longer term issues. And, and we got to know each other a lot better during that period of time, but we got to the wedding day and it was actually in the sanctuary here in Spring Lake Park. Um, and uh, back in those days, we were only half the size as a church and there was a wall that went right down the middle aisle and the whole church was right over there. <laughs> and that's where we got married. And, uh, you know, we could pull out our wedding pictures now and go, hoo, 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 look at that. Those dresses would never make it in 2016. <laughs> 
But we were preparing to declare before God, to each other, and to the whole room that, that included our family and our friends. My grandparents were there, and Jody's fa family was there. And as we gathered together, we were preparing to declare something that we had been thinking about, praying about, feeling, and then we went outside of our feelings and we intellectually counted the costs. I was saying, I'm not going to be with anyone else for the rest of my life. It's only you, babe. And she was saying the same thing to me. In other words, we were thinking through it, and then once we got to the wedding and we declared our vows to each other and we exchanged the, the ring vow, this, with this ring I pledge my faith and trust, receive it as a symbol of our endless union and our unbroken love. And I, we, we, we said that to each other. Now, yesterday, we were reminiscing how love gets better over time when you stick it out and, uh, and how it becomes even deeper. For us, that meant we've had a lot of battles. We've, we've gone through some up times and down times. We've doubted ourselves. We've, we had we've had kids. Hello. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, and all the glory that that brings with it in the middle of the night, you know, and then later on when it's expensive and more and more expensive. And we've had challenges, but here's the thing. What we did all those years ago still plays true today. That was a public profession of an inner commitment to one another that still is enacted in 2016. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what I'm talking about with baptism is that it's a beginning point, a launching point to a commitment for the future. It doesn't end there. It continues to move forward. People throughout the centuries have chosen to turn and follow Jesus. And baptism was a key turning point in their life. The people getting baptized today are saying that they believe in Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, that they are committed to following in his footsteps, and they are open to what God wants to do in the future. Baptism is saying I'm all in. Everything I am, everything I own, everything I see, think, and do is at his disposal. God has access to everything. It's surrender, and I am on co-mission with him. Every part of my journey is with Jesus. I'm not adding him in at the end of the day and saying, bless me, Lord. I'm not just praying for my food. I'm saying, God, I'm going on the journey with you. It's an intentional public decision to follow Jesus all the way in his life and in his death and in his resurrection. In Col Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. What are you raised into? You're raised into the life of Jesus, the promise and the hope, the portable power of God that will go with you at even at your darkest moments. You are raised with him. And many people over the centuries since Jesus ascended that have become followers of the leader, following Jesus, have made conscious decisions. They made a decision where they counted the cost and they paid the price for that decision. Many people knew that by following Jesus, their family would reject them. They knew that others would not understand. 
They were to be challenged by the lifestyle of these new followers of Christ and therefore pushed away from them. And many of them were persecuted and thrown into the, uh, the lions in the Roman Colosseum and murdered for their faith because they wouldn't bow their knee to another God. They counted the cost. And they became a part of the resurrection of Jesus. And as a matter of fact, many of those same people would have the smile of God on their face because they could face the worst of circumstances knowing greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. They had the power of God with them. You're baptized into Jesus' life, but you're also baptized into Jesus' family. You are connected to other believers who have chosen to say, I'm in, I'm all the way in. You identify with Jesus and have a willingness to join the larger movement of those who follow him. Now, this is a, uh, an intellectual conscious decision as well as a believing, feeling decision. But your will is saying, I'm in, even if I'm scared. I'm going after it. And let me tell you about some of the people that are in the family. Over the many centuries since Jesus ascended, there's been... Many, many, many believers that have changed the world. They started orphanages. It was the church and Christians that first started education systems. It's the church that started hospitals. It's the church that cares for the needy and the hurting. Yeah, there are people that call themselves the church that do bad things. But the church of Jesus followers are there for the benefit of the world around them. And they're changing the world. It was the abolitionist in the slavery portion of our history, rescuing slaves from slavery. They bonded together for the care of the world Christians have and sacrificially served the world around them. Christians give to their local churches and to the needs in the communities around them. And it's not just about building edifices. It's about the blessing to the community around us and around the world here at Emmanuel. In the last 20 years, the people of Emmanuel ordinary blue collar North Twin Cities people have given over 14 and a half million dollars to world missions and to caring for the needs of people around them. It's because they care about people. People like one of our church, his name is Jerry Schaff. He's 75 years old and last year he lost his wife of over 50 years. And he felt like God was asking him to do something because listen, that commission doesn't end just because he's older. That commission goes all the way to the end. And so he felt like God was asking him to go on our missions trip to the Arabian Peninsula last November as we were establishing a training center to send missions teams throughout the Arabian Peninsula in the heart of the Islamic world to establish a training center. So he went on that trip and God so stirred him that he came back and he applied for a MAPS appointment, it's a distinction where he could go back on the mission field. And now at 75 years old, he went back for the last three months in the Arabian Peninsula in our training center. And he went back and he calls himself a grandpa to the kids of the families that are there as they are in difficult times and these young families are there on mission, but they feel disconnected from the community around them. And so he spends time with their kids while they go and have a date once in a while. And he prays for them. And you know what he calls himself? The world's oldest intern. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You're baptized into the family with Jerry. You are connected to something much larger than yourselves. This is a powerful, powerful truth that you are not alone. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are not alone. 
so life with Jesus after baptism looks different. They're the same challenges in life, same seasons and journeys and bills and, and career journeys and all of those things. And you're not perfect, but now decisions are made in light of what the resurrection means to me. Old friendships can't control you any longer because you've died to it. Old cravings are buried, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And listen to me. It means something very, and I want you to hear this because many of you have been baptized or perhaps you've been in the faith for a long time. But this is a reminder today. It's like going to a wedding ceremony of your own journey to be renewed in your vows, that we begin to measure ourselves by the direction we're going and less by where we've been. In other words, we are thinking forward together and not thinking backward. We're more excited about the future and the people who are in it. And we have portable resurrection power living inside of us. I'm not the same. I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. So you and I have the power to follow Jesus, to leave the crowd and follow him, and to move forward. Today, we are going to cheer for amazing stories of people who are launching into a lifelong journey as they are baptized. They've already made their private relationship commitment to Jesus, but now they're going public and following Jesus and being obedient to his word. They're going public with their faith. And they're saying, I'm in it for, to win it. I'm in it for the long haul. Many here today, you and I are also remembering our own baptism and revisiting re our own journey of following Jesus. And may I encourage you to re-up your resolve to follow him all the way, because the best is still yet to come. Can I get an amen? The best is still yet to come. In Romans chapter six, verse three and four, it says, or have you forgotten? that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. See, baptism isn't, the action isn't what saves a person. Baptism is a public declaration of an inner transformation. That's what it is. It's declaring out loud to the world that this is already happening and it's saying I'm going all the way. Let me just make a parenthetical note. Perhaps some of you in here have come from other faith backgrounds and maybe you had an experience in your journey where your parents baptized you as an infant or, and you know what they did? They were trying and they wanted you to be a Christian for your whole life. They have pure motives. They wanted that to happen. And I don't, I don't discount what, whatever happened at that moment, but every person has to come to a moment when they personally determine, I choose, I decide to follow Jesus. And when that comes, you're not nullifying your first baptism. All you're doing is completing what your parents' real desire was. And so I want to free you from the guilt of going, do I have to Am I cutting out the earlier baptism? No, don't worry about that. Thank God that you had parents that cared for you, okay? But now you have to make a choice. Am I going forward with my faith? And uh, if you have yet to be baptized in water, we're gonna have another baptism service in June. And uh, I encourage you to sign up for that if you didn't get it today. I encourage everyone to follow 
the Lord in, in obedience through the waters of baptism. But here's what you're going to see as people come onto the platform. You're going to see testimonies of lives. And those testimonies, those stories are of imperfect people who met a perfect God who loved them so much that he gave his life up for them. And when they get in, you're going to see a story and they're gonna go down in the water and they're gonna come back up. And I want you to cheer them on because what's happening is they're making their public declaration and they are joining the family in a new way. And so they're one of us. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Today, we're gonna stomp on the devil's head and we're gonna declare Jesus is Lord to the lives of people. We're gonna overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony.